All Ears Episode 8 with my very good friend DeAndre Bryan. First off, if you're a first-time listener to the All Ears Podcast, thank you and welcome. My name is Daniel Verdugo. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Whittier, California, and I'm a registered associate marriage and family therapist. And if you've been listening to the All Ears Podcast, as always, thank you. I appreciate you. I love you. And anything else positive that you could think of, just imagine I told you that because I appreciate all my listeners. Um, Episode 8 with DeAndre or Dre, as many people call him. Dre Dre has a, an amazing story. He really goes into, right when we start off, discussing early life. And at five years old, his parents weren't in the best of situations relationship-wise. And then really just talks about his transition moving in with his grandparents and what that was like and where his mindset was, you know, as a, as a young man at that time. And then going on to discuss his years living with his grandparents and what it was like to play ball. He played travel ball. He played for his schools all throughout, you know, growing up and in high school. And really going into the transition part of when he decided to go to Hope International University, which is where we met. We met back in 2013, our freshman year. And just where his mindset was, you know, Hope wasn't his top choice. He had different plans when it came time to end of senior year. And he just does a, a does a great job at really describing where who he was and as a person at the time. And then we touch on a few few moments throughout our hope years and you know people that we love and how we know each other, how we met. And then Dre really does touch on his rocks in his life as far as his close family and friends and specifically his amazing wife Johanna or Joe as we call her in this episode who is, in addition, another just amazing individual by herself. And their relationship, they just celebrated one year of marriage and what that looks like uh, to Dre and how he views marriage, how he views his relationship, and just all the good things that Joe has done for him. We really, we give Joe her props, so shout out Joe. Um, Dre also then moves on to, and kind of like the last 30 minutes, the last big section of this episode, Dre works with foster kids and kids with group homes and really does an amazing role as a life coach and really helping them find their individuality, finding, you know, jobs and school applications and really encouraging and just being whatever these kids need him to be. You know, whenever they come and see him, Dre is just present with them and he goes in to describe what's it like working in a TBRI framework, which is trust-based relational intervention and just how effective it's been in helping him establish relationship with these kids and just um, make an impact as best as he can. Dre's done a lot of growing up since I first met him and even before, and he just does, he explains his, his life and his timeline really, really well. And I appreciate him for letting me tell his story and just having this time with him to hopefully inspire anyone who who could benefit from this. And just so you know, if you want to know where other platforms that the All Ears Podcast is available on, you can look at Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Let me know what you think. Share this episode. Comment on what you thought of this episode specifically. And I appreciate all those who listen and send me messages every week after a new episode drops. Thank you for telling me what you learned. That's the goal of this. And Dre drops a lot of golden nuggets in this episode. So I encourage you to listen all the way through. With that said, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys.
Dre, hey. my guy. What's up, man? It's good to see you, man. Yeah, yeah. First off, I appreciate you coming through and letting me letting this happen. Absolutely. Um, we have how long have we know each other now? It's been 2013. Yeah, that was 2013. Freshman year, yeah. Freshman year, I hope. Yeah, we're all bro. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting up there. Yeah. Um, 2013, you. I don't even think we interacted that much. I think I think our our relationship, our friendship, kind of developed through people we met and everything like yeah. that. But you know, we'll get into the hope years and how right. we started meeting. Yeah, go into a little bit. Where are you from? What was life like in the beginning, yeah. little young Dre? Little young Dre. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was born in Anaheim, California. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up with my mom and dad for the early years. Um, Grandparents lived in Santa Ana, so that was always like a second home type of deal. Um, you know, grew up with with my parents till about age five. Uh, mom and dad didn't have the best relationship, mm-hmm. so were you only child? Uh, I have a sister. So sister, she's that's three right. Year, yeah, three years younger on the same birthday. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so you know, we were there until I was five. She was three. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, they ended up in, ending their relationship, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved in with my grandparents and kind of grew up there. Yeah. So from five to high school, pretty much living out in my grandparents' house. Um, yeah. Wow. So. And where grandma, this is grandparents or grandma's house? Grandparents. Yeah. Grandparents. So they grandma, were in Anaheim grandma. as well? Uh, Santa Ana. Oh, Santa Ana. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Santa Ana. Yeah. And so, I mean, that shift a little bit. You five years old, you know, I'm sure right. you can remember that experience, that, that transition and stuff. Yeah. What was it? You know, at such a young age, what was it like to have to shift environments like that and, you know, grow up in maybe the home that wasn't expected to grow up in, right, in a right. way? Um, so, I mean, I always considered grandparents' houses like home homes. So yeah. That's where I felt like safe. That was yeah. that was my safe haven. So, you know, I would go to my grandparents' house for the weekend and then go back home where there's, you know, arguing and not the healthiest relationships. Mm-hmm. So I dreaded going back home honestly so uh go back for the week monday through friday go to school out there in anaheim and then grandparents house for the weekend i had all my friends there in santa Ana, so that was like my place yeah uh like you said i kind of remember some of that stuff so like the night that we were gonna leave so you know i'm having a conversation with my mom she's like uh what do you think about moving in with grandma i was like what do you mean like, yeah that would be cool yeah like when's that happening she said tomorrow I said what my oh, eyes wow. lit up yeah so next day we pack up all our stuff we're out and i was like wow, i'm living with grandma like this is cool mm-hmm. you know you know you look back and it's like well we left my dad like that's my dad but you know as a kid you're like grandparents i'm safe yeah. so yeah and then so i mean you're at grandparents most of your young life. What is that developing in your grandparents' home? Like you guys have a good relationship all these years. Like, you know, you're going through young years to junior high, high school years. What's that like, you know, growing up and with them Um, like that? Yeah. I mean, I I personally liked it. Um, You know, my grandpa was a hard worker. He worked for the Santa Ana school district. So like he's good with his hands, very smart with like, tools like anything like building stuff so like it was cool just growing up and watching him you know fix things and you know mm-hmm. so just being along him and just like watching him do certain things kind of like influenced me to be the man that i am today kind of deal um not saying that my dad didn't do those type of things sure. but like my yeah. grandpa was you know 
good with his hands. Yeah. Um, and then like the relationship with my grandma, you know, she was more, uh, more of that like mother figure. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that my mom didn't have that relationship, mm-hmm. but my mom was working till 10 o'clock at night. So I didn't really see my mom growing up. Um, she was at work providing. Yeah. So my grandma was the one that, you know, read bedtime stories, took me to basketball practice, um, just did the, that mother stuff. Yeah. So our relationship was like really tight knitted. Um, yeah. I'm tripping yeah. out right now because <laughs> we were talking before this a little bit that, you know, we have some years of friendship and everything right. through people we know. And especially that's a big yeah. part of how we know each other. But I, the beauty of this right now is I, I don't know much of your story. Right. So just you sharing yeah. that right now, <laughs> I had no idea, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you're, first first interactions you're quiet guy yeah you know it's it's one thing i think i remember i forgot where i read it that um that you said this quote that you love and i hope to god i'm right and this was you but it said like the quietest the loudest man in the room is the weakest man in the room do you remember that am i tripping out that's a song yeah tyler crater oh that is (laughs) yeah yeah oh i had no idea crater so as a, as a kid growing up all these years and, you know, grandma's doing this role, grandpa's doing this role and still mom and dad are mom and dad. We're yeah. not going to, we're not going to put that right. away. The, the demeanor that, that I first met you from, are you that way all throughout, you know, when you start playing basketball, mm-hmm. young age through high school, is that who has Dre's always been kind of? Uh, no. So like growing up as a kid, I was like super angry, like all the time. Angry Shut kid. Up. Yeah. Stop yeah. It. Super angry. I don't believe that, but okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really? yeah. Um, no. So like uh, a little bit about my dad, he grew up in LA, mm-hmm. um, South Central Watts. Um, so just like growing up and, you know, he's, you know, tough guy, you know, whatever. Yeah. So seeing that, you know, that's what I thought men should be like. So mm-hmm. like really early on, it's like, okay, like, the gang culture, music, media, yeah. all that stuff was like my go-to. So I'm listening to like really, you know, uh, violent gangster rap yeah. and stuff like that. So like I carried myself like that, like the culture. Mm. Um, so yeah, so like I was like really angry, hung out with like people like similar like to gang yeah. culture. Um, so yeah, you know, really angry kid. And then a shift happened in college. I mean, obviously we'll, we'll get yeah. there, but... But yeah, shift happened, and then I, I would say even earlier on, like high school, a shift happened, and then I started becoming uh, calmer and just you know appreciating like where I'm at in the in the present. So yeah, yeah. So especially high school, like going in, you know, grandma's doing her thing, grandpa's doing her thing. It sounds like you're blessed to just have you know these figures Absolutely. play such a huge part in your development. Yeah. It's one thing to have mom and dad. It's another thing to have mom and dad going through stuff, but even grandparents that take that role, right. you know, I feel like sometimes grandparents don't get that, yeah. that, that credit like they should. My grandparents right. did the similar thing. Right, like right. it was me and my mom and my grandparents step in mm-hmm. additional mother and father role. Yeah. When you get to high school, a little bit like that, um, this shift that happens and I don't want to force you if you're not comfortable yeah. talking about it, but are they, are they a part of that role, that shift that kind of maybe gets you to a, I don't know, a better place where you're not so angry. Cause I don't know, I don't know what that anger is or yeah. what, but whatever um, you want to go with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, they've always been a part of the shift, you know, um, they've been like a huge support systems, like all my basketball games, like they came to every single basketball game. I don't think they've missed, missed one, maybe wow. one they've missed, Yeah. but every game they made sure that they were there. So, 
you know, just seeing their, you know, their caring and, you know, willing to sacrifice everything to be there for me, kind of like help. Like, okay, these people really care about me. I am cared about. Mm. I'm not, you know, a, a left out kid type of deal. So mm-hmm. it's like, they care about me. People love me. So it's like, let me, let me change the way that I'm acting to see if this, you know, improves something, improves my overall health. And, you know, I started making little shifts here and there. It's not, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. So like little shifts and then, you know, slowly started to see, you know, healthier results. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you, you were on a number, you played for your high school team, if I'm not, yeah. high school team and you did travel ball because yeah, yeah, this was like our, our early conversations yeah, of yeah. who you played with. Yeah. Um, so you're busy. Right. All, all year. All time. Yeah. All year around. Yeah. And so God bless them. They're doing, they're playing that role. You're, you know, your mind is shifted. Good right. mindset. You know, eventually we're getting close to end of high school, yeah. shifting into college. Mm-hmm. Is college, hope Hope is one thing, you know, going there, but is college even something you think you want to play in basketball you want to play in college? Is yeah. that a mindset? Uh, that was like always like the goal. Like I'm going to go division one basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play for this big time school, yeah. you know, not knowing, but um yeah, so that was like the end goal always. Like yeah. college, I'm gonna get a scholarship. You know, I'm gonna work as hard as I can to get a scholarship type of deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then so, mm-hmm. how did how did it work? I actually I don't think I've ever right. even asked you. How did hope come along? Yeah, and- so it's kind of an interesting story. So you know, senior year happened. We won uh, CIF. Mm-hmm. Um, Where high school did you go to? Tustin High. That's right. Tustin you went to yeah. Tustin. So we just won CIF. We had a, a great senior season. Um, you know my grades weren't the greatest. So like Mm -hmm. at one point I had like, I'm not proud to say this, but it's part of my story. So uh, (laughs) like a 0.9 GPA in high Mm -hmm. school, like I was terrible, a terrible high school student. Uh, Partially was because the way that I was growing up, you know, school wasn't really that priority. priority. Yeah. So it's not like I had a parent like, Hey, you better read this book because you need to go to college. It's like, okay, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. If not, then you're going to work hard for Mm -hmm. what you do. So it's like I had a choice type of deal. Um, So, yeah, uh, high school wasn't great. Um, So that that, you know, took away a lot of like these scholarships Mm. um, that would have been presented because I don't meet the requirements to go to a university. Yeah. So it was either uh, don't go to college or go to a community college. Yeah. Um, So I was like set on like national junior colleges, which are like big colleges like to get like recruits out to mm-hmm. bigger schools uh national or like local community college um and then uh one of the coaches uh coach abru came to like one of our practices towards like the end of the season it's like hey we really like you um we want you to come out you know just check out an open gym you know in the back of my mind i'll, I'll be honest like hope i don't want to go to hope did like, you even know what hope was yeah because we have a uh, summer league there every uh summer oh, with the see? high school no that matches <laughs> up because remember i told you i feel like we at lacerna yeah. we played you now a little backstory i feel like i swear i guarded you one really? time it was one time we played Tustin. it was like i think we won one game hmm. and then we had to play you guys were you not like the biggest, probably the biggest yeah, guy me on the and, team? Uh, and another. Uh, I think you made. kicked our ass, to yeah. be honest, because I, I'm, you know, we're we're short Mexicans. We're not big by any means at the time. Yeah, we played each other, Dre. I, I stand by this, and I think you kicked our ass yeah. the entire time. So I can really attest okay. to you guys were good. Thank you. <laughs> and so 
okay, so you're familiar with Hope. Yeah. And I remember too, because Hope was the nice gym for us, Lucerna. Right. Hope was the nice gym. It was the yeah. AC gym. Like that's what right. we always got excited for. Yeah, yeah. So you know a little bit about Hope. So like going back to like you said, you know, you're kind of like, eh, like Hope. Eh, yeah. Cause it's like, well, I had my mindset on like the big university, you know, that's what every kid's dream is. Like go to a big school, sure. and perform March Madness tournament. Yeah. Um, and then to think like, oh, go to this small school and it's like only 500 students, Christian school. Like, mm-hmm. how am I going to do in this environment? I've never taken a, a Bible class before. So yeah. it's like, am I going to struggle? Am I going to make it? Uh-huh. So those were the things going through my mind. Um, is faith somewhat, is it present at all in your life? Is Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like I didn't go to church. I didn't grow up in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but my grandma would go, you know, yeah. most Sundays. And, you were around it. Yeah. I, I, you know, growing up. ADHD kid, you know, mm-hmm. going to church wasn't for me. I'm sitting there for an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. My mind's going all over the place. So my grandma just wouldn't even take me sometimes. Sometimes she'll take me. It's like, oh, you acted up. We're not going. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, I have to redeem myself type of deal. Uh, but every night, like, you know, when we're finished reading, when she would read books to me or whatever, like we would sit down and just pray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was like the one to introduce me to Christianity and huh who God was. And I would just sit there, you know, sometimes 30, 45 minutes, just asking her different questions, you know, who is this? What does this mean? Um, And then just praying, you know, open-ended prayers just going. So, so yeah, I would say like a huge part of my story is like God, whether I knew it or not was there throughout Mm -hmm. the entire thing, because I've done things in my life where I could have really gone South, you know, and did some terrible things, but just by the, you know, the grace of God, you know, he was just there to like, you know, divert that. So it's crazy how yeah, it works. Like I know, that, man. it's crazy. Sometimes like we really look back and like, wow, he yeah. saved our asses on that one. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been totally different. Times. He's given me too many chances. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he's going to get over us one day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, okay, so you you were on the fence kind of eh, about hope. And then, yeah. so what's that? What's the decision that, you know, what, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go for? It. So, Let's go. so my high school coach, um, Coach Boss, you know, called me in. Um, me, my mom, and my aunt Stacy uh, called us all in, you know, and he kind of just broke it down. Like, look, if you go to a community college, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. You go to Hope, you're going to get, you know, X, Y, and Z, and you're at a university, you know, yeah. so you're not having to do that process over again. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to community college two years, one year, and then you have to do this whole process over again. You go to Hope, it's a four-year university, mm-hmm. you do your time, you get your degree, and then you start life type of deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then like, it, it, just the way that he broke it down made sense. I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, and ended up, you know, loving it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it, it sucks that I had like the initial thoughts, like, ah, I don't want to go to hope. But then sure. once I was there, I was like, man, this is, this is wonderful. I'm learning about God. I, I met my wife, uh, got to play basketball yeah. and go to school. Like it's, it was just a win-win like all around. Made amazing friendships. <laughs> Might include it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like yeah, you, you, yeah. you, we were around, but you, especially in, in your circle and you know, who I saw you associate, you were around with a lot of good people. Yeah. You had a lot of good coaches and, Absolutely. and that's the thing. I mean, that's one thing I think my initial first reaction of you was, you know, yeah, you were quiet, but you weren't like, you weren't an asshole. You were cool. You were nice yeah. and everything like that. And I mean, especially you look at, and I'm kind of curious, you know, as a, as a college athlete, sometimes, especially if we're, if we're focusing on that part of your story right. right now, you know, sometimes do you feel like that 
that mindset or even just being a college athlete, sometimes you could feel like maybe you're above everyone and mm-hmm. and being king of campus in some mm-hmm. way because I never got that from you. Right. Not a lot of people even that I interacted with yeah. on the basketball team, I'll speak for that. Right. Not a lot. All of you guys are cool in my book. But for you, it's kind of like I'd see you with different type of people interacting, being the same type of way with everyone, you know. Yeah. That was my first, right. what I could see of you. Is that kind of, am I accurate with yeah, kind of uh, how yeah, you moved around? So. Yeah, I, I try to be as genuine as possible with anybody. So whether that's, you know, you know anybody. So I'm going to be the same across the board. Uh, if you need help, I'll help you out. Like, yeah. it's just, I'm a call away type of deal. I'm, I'm open to anybody really. So yeah. yeah, I try to move that way. I never try to put myself above people. I, I just feel like that's not, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and you made that very clear. I, yeah. I, we had classes early on. I think we had classes like some classes every year. Yeah, freshman, like sophomore, English class or something. Random, yeah, yeah. random uh, stuff uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. What was it? So you're now you're at Hope and say yeah. you know getting in the rhythm of basketball and and being you know a college athlete and right. everything like that. What's what's that balance in the beginning of having to balance sports? And having to balance academic life because academic yeah. life in college by itself is hard enough. Yeah. But now you got to manage like the back and forth of pretty much all day, every day. You're right. busy. Yeah. So super busy. Um, yeah. Like the first like two months was just like a spinning, like out of control type of thing. So, really? Yeah. Um, just like all the freedom that you have. So you're not in like yeah. school from seven o'clock till three o'clock. You're like, maybe two classes in the morning, mm-hmm. you have all day to do whatever you want. Practice at three o'clock and then you're done at five. And then it's like, now what do you do? Yeah. So, you know, first two months, you know, did a little bit of homework, but it wasn't near as much as I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and just like that scheduling piece. So it's not like I'm sitting down, like, okay, I'm gonna wake up at this time and I'm gonna study and break it down, which I eventually got to. But mm-hmm first two months you know i failed my first test didn't even know i had a test really walk into class like all right we're ready for the test like what didn't even study so my first college test uh zero out of i think it was like 50 points didn't even get a point so that sucked what Um, is that what is that if you can recall it all what did that do to you like damn i'm not gonna i shouldn't be here it's like like, what are you doing like come on so it's like from that day on it was like okay i gotta get a planner i gotta get you know on top of things because this can this mm-hmm. can go bad really quick and then you know drop out whatever that was like my biggest fear is like being it like flunking out just because of like my high school grades and yeah. stuff like that so and it's unfortunate that some people i mean i i saw in high school and college friend, friends whether they were athletes or non-athletes yeah. it, it catches up like you said exactly. real quick and yeah. it's, they peace out yeah they can't yeah and i had tons anymore. of friends you know that were oh we're going to college and then like next semester they're out and doing who knows what it's like dang that really sucks so that was like my fear so it's like i'm gonna do everything that i can now so i don't have to do that like live through that type of thing yeah who was helping you who was helping you or play a big role whether it was friends families i don't know professors coaches too i'm sure um you know who was in your ear being like on your ass about keep this right do this right and everything um yeah i would say definitely uh my wife joe uh, was a huge part of was that freshman year you guys met yeah freshman year like before school even started so like they had oh, like really? freshman week yeah or like whatever that you know all the freshmen do certain activities so uh-huh. we had to do like a kitchen like a kitchen clean up the service project yeah, yeah so we went to clean a kitchen and i'm cleaning the kitchen with her you know and i'm just you know chatting it up talking and i was like man this is really like 
a cool girl like spin game yeah, <laughs> I'm trying, yeah I'm trying. in my mind I, yeah. <laughs> um, she's a very nice person yes, the yes first very, interaction. Very, easy um, to talk to right easy to talk to she's really down to earth so you know I'm, in my head i'm like this is the one like really yeah absolutely so i you know uh, my roommate liam i go back to him the, shout out liam by the way yeah, we love liam, liam. We, we miss you, you bud. we miss you big son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> we miss you and i'm sorry i cut you off liam yeah. said what or liam uh, so told I, liam? yeah so liam's i think he's watching a scary movie in, in the dorms why that was like our movie like throughout yeah. college scary movie every night um but yeah he's watching the movie i'm like hey man i met this girl you know i think she's the one like i'm gonna try my hardest if this is the girl like i'm gonna drop all everything Damn. this is the one yeah so uh, she ghosted me for like two weeks almost. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what happened? I didn't see her at school. And I was like, man, did she leave school? I was like, dang it. Um, so, yeah. And then I ended up just double texting her, which was like a big no no in my you. book. I know. I never did that. Shame but I was like, on you. know what? I have to. I have to. Pathetic. <laughs> so, but so, it comes through. It yeah. Works. She invited me over to her house uh, with a friend, obviously. And of she course. had friends there. Um, we went to the beach, kind of hung out, and it was a, a fun time. And then ever since then, we kind of just kept, you know, talking and eventually asked her to date me. And, and yeah, so, yeah, she was, like, a huge part of, like, you need to do this, like, total, mm. like, super girlfriend. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you need to study for this, and you got to do this. And her mom, obviously, too, she was a professor at Concordia That's University. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my writing skills were not where they needed to be. So I remember going over to, to her house, you know. And just, she would just teach me like, okay, you can't do essays this way. You got to do it this way. And yeah. it just, it would be hours and hours of just studying. It's like, oh man, it's 12 o'clock. I want to go home. So it's like, do I want to, so I had a, I had a choice. Do I accept where I'm at and just receive help? Or mm-hmm. do I do something about that? So I don't have to stay until one o'clock in the morning studying mm-hmm. all night. So like, let me do things on my own so then I could, you know, have more time to spend with Joe or work out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So that's how I started learning quick. It's like, I'm not going to, I don't want to be here for six hours. Like, let me apply myself, which I should have been doing all along. Sure. If, if I would have started this a lot sooner, I would have seen better results sooner. But, yeah, yeah it was a learning process. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and it's amazing, too, because obviously... I love how you even told the story. You were well aware, like, this is not only a good girl, a good person to talk to, but she's keeping me on the right track. Like, you know, of course, in the college setting, sometimes that's, they joke that, like, at Hope, for example, like, get the ring by spring. Everybody's trying to find a wife or a husband. (laughs) And then sometimes it's it's typical college life. People are just, you know, messing around, doing everything with every, you know, whatever. But the fact that you became aware, like, all right, she's really trying to play a, she's yeah. not trying but she is playing a huge role in me being a better student a better yeah. person a better right. man yeah and you're well aware of that right right yeah. and not a lot of i think men or women i think sometimes are aware of the people that are really trying to help yeah. them that's true yeah because we knew a lot of people i think especially if we're just talking hope that unfortunately their potential fell off because yeah. maybe they weren't taking i don't know the right, right person's advice or applying right. themselves i don't right. know you speak to that from what you saw from your from your point of view yeah i mean you know not applying themselves um just doing like typical college stuff and you you can't do that i don't know in at any college level like you have Mm -hmm. to have a balance so like yeah it's okay to go out every once in a while but when you're doing that every single weekend and you're not doing any type of studying then that's when 
you're going to see, you know, negative results. Exactly. Failing tests and, you know, so, so yeah, balance, balance, balance mm-hmm. in college is, is key. And it's unfortunate so. too that it even goes that way because like you said beautifully right now, you know, you can have your fun, yeah. responsible, safe fun, right. true Absolutely. at that. But it's also like you're in school. Yes. Like people sometimes feel like that's one thing, again, of the many things I appreciate and I admire about you. That was one thing too is like, I feel like we were kind of the same mindset of type of people where it's like, mm-hmm. it's good to see you, bro. Like, yeah, it's yeah. talk, but like, all right, let's get down to work. Like right. we're, we're in school yeah. right now. We're trying to get a degree. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just those that were just like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this right. or I'm going to do this later. It's like, don't you know, we got a paper. And did you ever, I don't know, maybe it was just me. Did you ever feel weird being like that? Maybe whether it's with like basketball guys or whoever group of friends, it's like, you're the one guy. It's like, Hey, sorry. Like I can't do this. Like, yeah. I got to take care of this business first. Yeah, I was probably a little extreme uh, just because of like that fear that I had. Because um, you would do stuff early. I, I would do stuff. Like, I get the syllabus and I'm in the library like mapping out, okay, I'm going to do this paper on this day and I'm going to proofread it on this day. So I'm like going into details like when things are getting done. And, you know, the, the guys on the team would make fun of me like, Dre, that paper's not due until the end of the semester. Like, no, I got to do it now so I can proofread, go to my professors, get it done. So I remember Liam saying yeah, that. It's like, like oh, Dre does all his big yeah. papers in the beginning so first week. Yeah, so he was he was good. Like, sometimes it would be like, all right, Dre, come on. We're going to go play video games or we're going to go shoot some hoops or something. And, uh, yeah, to take my mind off. Because otherwise, I will just, from 6 o'clock on, I'm just doing homework. So wow. it's like, yeah, yeah. Liam was Liam was another one. I actually kind of want to touch on that because you guys were a, you guys were like dynamic duo buddies, you know. And yeah. in, in the years that we were all in school together and right. everything like that, talk a little bit if you don't mind, especially because we gotta give Liam love. Right. We both yeah. love Liam. Shout out. <laughs> um, what was you know kind of like how you touched on Joe, and you did start to with Liam. What was that where Liam would kind of come out to you and be like, "Hey, let's go do this. Let's yeah. let's play a game. Let's go play ball. Kind of get your mind off this." Was that kind of his role, just being like a breath of fresh air sometimes in um, certain situations? Yeah, sometimes. Um, Aside from being a pain in the ass. Yeah, the- <laughs> sometimes it would frustrate me. Like, hey, man, I really got to get this paper done. Yeah. It's like, no, this is serious if I'm just under stress or whatever. But sometimes it would be like a huge blessing. Like, all right, let's go get burritos in the morning and sure. kind of just hang out type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's usually like Saturday nights, like like you said, like have balanced fun. That would be like our... our uh, just relaxed times like Saturday night. And then Sunday we would just spend all day in the library type thing. And it was just refreshing just sometimes too. like, you know, we'd hang out Saturday and then we'd get work done mm-hmm. the next day. So like, okay, we'll have fun, but then we're going to work together too. So it's not like I'm feeling like I'm doing it all alone. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's doing the same thing type of thing. So, yeah. yeah. And then you guys roomed every year, right? Yeah. So five, all five years throughout college were the same, same roommates, which is kind of unheard of, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember like uh, you guys always trying to organize it in a way as like, you know, you guys are so used to each other and how you're living yeah, and, and right. what's happening in your lives at the time. It's like, why do you want to mix that up and right. mess it up in yeah. a way? That's true. Yeah. He knows you, you know him type right. stuff. So just keep, keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever at one point, once you stayed on campus, did you ever mm-hmm. want to move back, you know, kind of with grandma and grandpa was once you were on campus, you kind of liked the, I'm here. This is, I'm out here. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. If that makes um, sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. So freshman year, I was, I didn't feel that way. Like I would go home every weekend, do laundry oh, really? there. Yeah. So I was like, go home and then just be home. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then like the following year, like as I started to get more comfortable, like I didn't want to go home. It's like, man, I got to pack up all my stuff, take it home and then move all back in the fall. So it started becoming a pain, but it was nice to like get away from hope and just yeah. like reset. Sure. Of so like two months or whatever the summer break is, you know, reset, be at home, mm-hmm. hang out with family and then go back to school and like really grind it out and then get that, that little refresher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, you know, mixed feelings, but ultimately I like to be at hope just because I was away from home, away from all that drama. And sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you're going on through your years, freshman year, sophomore year, junior, having also, let's throw in like basketball success. Yeah. You guys are doing really yeah, well. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. And so the team is going good. Your senior year, you guys still, you, yeah. it, it was still. Yeah. yeah. You, did, okay. you did your thing. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. did your thing <laughs> with, with respect, yeah, of course. Yeah. And so, but nearing, you know, the end of college years, it's coming up, you know, right. you're getting ready to graduate and everything yeah. like that. And, it's crazy how that wall hits you like, oh, damn, I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm almost so, done. Yeah, I'm almost done. What's so. the, you know, obviously you and Joe are still together at the time. Right. You know, there's, I, was it senior year? You, you were already proposed to her? Uh, yeah, my senior year, was, we were engaged. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was engaged. You were engaged. And so we got, we got getting married. We got getting ready to graduate and getting ready to move on to the next chapter of our life. What... What's the mindset like with all that on one plate? Yeah, so the mindset is how am I going to make money to mm-hmm. support uh, everything that's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't. I'm not a kid anymore. You know, um, I'm going to have a wife. I got to be able to support her, and like, where are we going to live? Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot's going through my mind. I didn't have a job lined up. You know, um, so just like scrambling kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously still praying and going to church and all that stuff. So God played a huge role in that, that part, you know, to ease some of the stress. Um, But yeah, like that was like the main things, like, where am I going to work? Where am I going to live? Yeah. And so you're getting, say, we'll we'll say a graduation is graduation is really like once you graduate, then it's the wedding. Then it's like, you know, even figuring out like like you're saying like the yeah. job and everything like right. that are we what's it like you know coming from wh- what you said about high school and what that experience was like and i'm sure additional stuff that you know we have we've not even touched on in this episode but personally stuff you've experienced grade wise everything like that to actually graduate from college like you're gonna get your bachelor's degree like yeah. did are you like does it hit you leading up to graduation like oh wow like i've had success and in basketball in college and then also done really well academically. Right. Like I've come a long way. Yeah. Is that hitting at all as we're getting ready to really celebrate the fact that you're graduating? Um, yeah, it was like bittersweet. Like, yeah, I was, I was happy that this, this accomplished, like I was achieving this, like mm-hmm. it was like really satisfying, but in the back of my mind, it's like, this is kind of like what you're supposed to do. Like, mm, okay. So it's not like, I don't know. I, I've always been like that. Sure. So it's like. Some people would agree, disagree. No, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like, okay, like I started a program, like you're supposed to graduate. Like exactly. that's expected, you know. Um, now, if I did like an MFT program or a doctoral program, like that's going to be like, man, I, I did some some cool stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was kind of just like, ah. Eh, I graduated. Like, yeah. let's let's do this. Like, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's all right yeah. to say. I, I mean, you were blessed so many times in right. the process. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the best thing to look back on. Yeah. So once you graduate, kind of 
how how far along after you graduate is the wedding soon after you getting uh, married or yeah, what's yeah. that looking like yeah so we were like two months out because we got married in july so it's like mm-hmm. you graduate and you know joe's going crazy over the planning and stuff <laughs> like, man why are you stressed so she's like just go away so i'm you know <laughs> being a guy total guy uh trying to help out you know as much as i can sure, obviously sure. but but yeah, so we're two months out, you know, stress is high. Uh, I still don't have a job. So it's like, I'm applying, I'm applying. Um, and then I eventually applied to Olive Crest, um, which I'm currently working at now. Right on. Um, you know, and it kind of just happened like boom, boom, boom. So mm-hmm. I applied on, I want to say like a Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a call back on that Wednesday. Um, went in for an interview like on a Friday. And then the following Friday, I was offered a job. So wow. it's like a huge blessing. And I want to say it was like a week before our wedding or a couple of days before wow. our wedding. Yeah. So it's like I got offered a job, accepted it, went on our honeymoon and then came back, adjusted for a week. And then I started started working. God's so, crazy like that. I know. We were it's saying crazy. this before. God's crazy. Yeah. It works out like that. What? What is Olive Crest? For those that don't know, you know, what is Olive Crest? What do you do there? You know, yeah. you're there now, which I just, congratulations, right. you know, yeah, still working, you. Yeah. especially with everything going on. Right, exactly. What is Olive Crest? So Olive Crest is a nonprofit. Uh, it's kind of like a huge organization. So we have, uh, you know, a branch in San Diego, Riverside County, uh, here in Santa Ana, uh, Bellflower. So mm-hmm. we're kind of spread out. Uh, we work with foster youth. Um you know, we have like visitations, you know, all kinds of stuff. It's yeah. a huge program. Um, but my the department that I currently work with is transit transitional age youth. So 16 to 18 year olds that are, you know, nearing emancipation, non-minor dependents yeah. um, that just live on their own. So, wow. you know, applying my degree to these kids, you know, every day. So, yeah. yeah. What's that? What was that like? You know, obviously it's at the time too. And you know, no disrespect to your passion that you have for it now. But at the time, you know, we're just trying to get a job. You're just trying to get a job with everything going on. But what's that first, your first initial experience like with, with that population? Because it's not an easy population sometimes to work with. Exactly. So what's it like for you when you start your, your job with them? Yeah. So when I start, it's like, I'm going to save the world. I got a degree. Like Mm. I know all these techniques, like we're going to, we're going to do it. Like I'm confident. And I walk in first, like official meeting, like, you know, I'm trying to break out all these, these techniques and it's like, you know, they're just silent, like, or, you know, cussing at you or would like just not even, it's not working. The kids. We're talking yeah. About the kids. kids yeah. yeah. Like anything that I'm throwing at them is like not working. I'm like, what? Like this has to work. Like mm-hmm. I went to school for this. Like, but no, it didn't work. So like just learning different approaches, like it's not always going to be by the book. So sometimes mm-hmm. you got to like divert and just like come back and maybe that might work out of the book, mm-hmm. but maybe it's not working. And it's like, okay, so how are you going to get through the session with being productive in some way exactly. kind of thing? Yeah. So does it take you a minute to really get into your own rhythm? And, you know, obviously, especially with, if we're talking about fostering that population, that's mm-hmm. such a, that's such a group of individuals, kids too, you know, we're talking Trust isn't the easiest thing, you right. know, you know, really putting, being vulnerable and building a relationship yeah. with them. They could give a shit about you, right. really. So exactly. does it take a minute to really allow them to feel comfortable with you yeah. and even taking what you're saying to try to help them? Yeah. Um, so it was like really tough at first, um, just taking things personal. So it's like uh, a kid may like swear at you and sure. you know, make you feel like you're not educated whatever Mm -hmm. 
it's like, man, that kid really thinks about like, it will take a toll on me. And like, Hey, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, what should I be doing different? Um, and then, yeah. So like, as I started, you know, working and, you know, not taking things personal and, um, uh, what one of my colleagues said was, you know, I'm a male. So that type of relationship that I have with these kids is going to be completely different than a female um, case manager or education employment coach. Yeah. Um, just because of like the trauma that they've been through, like I, I could be a trigger and I don't even know it and exactly. they don't even know it. So it's like, I may be doing something that a previous person did and yeah. it's like triggering them, triggering them. They can't figure out why I can't figure out why it's like, Oh, okay. This is why X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So you could look like someone they, exactly. they got hurt by sound like yep. someone's certain words you say, yeah. just kind of like, and you have no idea. You could be as right. genuine as possible. Yes. Which I you, try to come across mm-hmm. and doesn't matter. Like just being a male has that, that effect. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's a, it's a positive, like some clients don't have that father figure in their exactly. life. So then I come along and it's like, oh, okay, like this, this, this healthy male is what I should like try to like, I don't know, find or whatever, like, you know, I want to be with somebody that has those type of, you know, characteristics or, you know, just the way that they go about things instead of somebody that's abusive and, um, you know, just a a bad male. Exactly. So after you talk to your colleague and he, and he shares those words of wisdom, which is excellent, which is accurate, even clinical excellent advice yeah what what is how do you then go into into working with them after that um with that in the back of your yeah, head the, that in the back of my head um yeah so i, I stopped taking things personal mm-hmm. um and i start coming coming from the the side of like okay what does this client need like what's causing this so exactly. i try to do like digging without them knowing obviously so i'm asking different questions like to see like where they're at type of thing um you know, I, I did a training with uh, with uh, my my coworkers. It was a TBRI training. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with trust based relational yeah, intervention. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you know that once I went to that training, I was just like mind blown. Like yep. wow. So like ever since then, I'm throwing in all these interventions. Like mm-hmm. you know, if I say I'm going to come back at eight, I'm there at seven fifty nine, waiting outside the door. Keeping like, that promise. That promise. You know, trust. Like saying yes. Like not saying yes. no but giving them choices. So it's like, we can't do that now, but we're going to do, we could do like A or B, mm-hmm. your choice. Exactly. Then I started getting like a lot better rapport with the clients and still struggle sometimes, but the rapport is like definitely mm-hmm. developing and, you know. And it's going back to the point, you you said it so perfectly because, you know, going, they have been hurt before and, and you know, promises that, that can mean so so impactful saying like it's you got to be real careful with how you maneuver around that because you could say like yeah we're gonna do this at this time right and then say something happens and and it doesn't happen it's like well deandre lied to me like everybody else in my life and take it so hard right but even how you handle like the option part of it like say you got two of them yeah one wants to do one thing one wants to do the other and just kind of having that dialogue well maybe we can do this right now and do this later what does that look like to you and just talking to them like humans right that's one thing you know i I, i'm glad i'm familiar with it as well because it's so impactful when with kids in general i think to be honest have you seen yourself kind of since really utilizing um tbri Mm -hmm. you know whether it's with the kids that you work with and kids in general do you see how impactful like that that type of that type of 
technique, I guess, yeah. with kids is, is so beneficial to them. Yeah, it works. Like, like sometimes it's just like they're like shocked. Like, I get a choice. Like, you're not <laughs> say no. You're not yelling at me. Like, right. yeah, it's like, so it's shocking to them sometimes. And like, I don't know, sometimes I, I try to practice it so much that mm. I even use it like in my personal life. So yes. it's like, people don't like to hear no, like uh. if you've experienced trauma or not. So it's like, if I can give you choices or, you know, just use that type of approach just in my everyday life, you know, mm-hmm. it just makes me a better person, mm-hmm. makes my relationship with like my wife, my family better. So, yeah. you know, try to implement, you know, different therapies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's no knock to anyone who, who gets offended or might even feel upset when when a kid curses at you and says maybe the worst things you ever heard, like that stuff that shouldn't be coming out of a 12 to 17 year old's mouth, but to have that moment of not reacting and just, you know, hearing them out and not coming back at them saying the worst thing, something they're used to, you know, you're playing a huge role. You're rocking their worlds on that one. And how, once you're getting in the rhythm and you're comfortable with that type of, how you're treating them, you know, yeah. do you see it kind of your relationships with the kids starting to get a little bit stronger and stronger by the day? Yeah. So like, you know, they're going through uh, an episode, you know, cursing or whatever. And I'm yeah. just taking it in, soaking it in, soaking it in. And then I come back with like, Hey, like you're, you're upset. You know, I can see that, yep. but you still got to do X, Y, and Z. And you, it's okay to be upset. Like mm. you have permission to be upset. You have permission to yell at me what have you, but we still got to figure out a way to get this done, to do whatever's on the agenda. And it's kind of like, they're taking back like, wow, I feel safe. Like Mm -hmm. I can open up with him. And yeah, like you said, like I slowly started to see like uh, the relationship grow and they would share more about their story. And it, especially working with like the foster population, it's not like a fast paced work. So Mm -hmm. like with basketball, it's like a coach yells at you, you see uh, an adjustment. Yeah. Like, just whatever. And that's the way I grew up. I've had all these authoritarian coaches where they're telling me, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. Exactly. So just naturally I picked up on that type of parenting style and yeah. innocence and try to apply it with these kids. It doesn't work because yeah. I'm trying to see results like by tomorrow, like we got to get a job. <laughs> I bit you in the ass. Yeah. Like, why are you not listening? <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm trying listening? to tell you to do something. <laughs> yeah. And that didn't work. So then I started doing the TBR, t- TBRI um, interventions and, you know, he started to see like growth and it's, it's not happening overnight, but no. you know, three months, you know, yeah. they may meet one small goal that we created mm-hmm. and it's like, cool. You got to get super excited. You met a goal. Awesome. Yep. Now we got to achieve this goal yeah. maybe a year from now, but as long as you're, you're trying to get that goal. Exactly. Then, it's crazy to think how yeah. I feel like anyone could benefit from just that type of right. just feeling you know, you can see like adults, you know, we're, we're the same age, 25 now and people right. older than us. You can see how quick people are still, how they react to certain situations yeah. and expect maybe to get in fights quick and stuff yeah. like that. It's because that, you know, that part of them wasn't nurtured. Right. So the fact that you're nurturing that part for the kid already, for yeah. the kids that you work with, mm-hmm. you know, it's showing them like, I, I deserve to feel upset. Right. I deserve to feel emotional. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to feel emotional. Yeah. But, you know, like Mr. Brian or DeAndre, whatever they refer yeah, to you as. DeAndre. DeAndre. <laughs> Just keep it simple. Yeah, keep it you simple. know, I remember DeAndre saying, like, you know, it's okay to feel this way right now. But yeah. let me still go get work done. Right. Which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Like, ridiculously yeah. huge. Yeah. Has there been, um, you know, in the couple years that you've worked with them already, has there been kids that, I don't know, keep in touch or come back? I don't know whether you worked with them or not, yeah. but 
you know, your colleagues maybe that have been there for a while, do you, do you hear any stories of kids and how they're doing and they reach out yeah. to you guys? Or? Um, yeah. So I get, you know, here and there text messages from previous clients. Mm. Um, basically, so like my role is like to help them like with life skills. So yeah. like I'm helping them with like building resumes, how to interview, okay. um, budgeting and stuff like that. So adulting, adulting. I mean, yeah. yeah, basically. Um, so, you know, I'll get text messages out of the blue. Hey, I need help with my resume. Like, which way, like, how do I word this or what do I do? So yeah. it's like, okay, let me call you really quick. Like, you got to do it like this, yeah. you know, or, you know, some of them might send me a message like, hey, um, these are my goals right now. Like, what do you think about them? Mm-hmm. Like, are these good goals to achieve? Like, you know. What might, be an exa- what might be an example of a goal, like a little bit? Like, if they're asking you that, what have you heard? Yeah. Um, so, like, saving for a car okay. or, like you know, crazy ones like saving for a tattoo. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's put the tattoo off to the side cause we've got to get a car exactly. or like whatever, like let's get our priorities straight. And then if we have leftover, you know, can't be a hypocrite cause you have tattoos. Know, you I love know. tattoos. <laughs> so, like, but but yeah, so cars are important to get the right, tattoo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like little goals like waking up by 12 o'clock, you know, or, you know, eating three meals throughout the day. Cause nutrition isn't always the best for high school age, um, students. Yeah. So yeah, so like little goals like that type of thing. And then, and again, like you're still even, you're helping them keep that up, whether, you know, you don't work with them or not, because just imagine maybe even that structure, a little bit of help, you know, as you grew up and what you went through, Mm -hmm. you know, do you ever trip out and think like, cause I've done it with clients that I work with and what I, what I sometimes do with, um, with my kids. Do you ever trip out and think like, man, I wish I had experience maybe just kind of the additional help from a a group people like the people you work with just to have that support and reach out and even help you be emotional like you said you know you were quiet you weren't it wasn't okay to be like that right but now i feel like it's moving in such a direction with hopefully trying to work with kids and letting them know it's okay to have a bad day yeah it's okay to be sad it's okay to be frustrated Mm -hmm but this is how we get back up and yeah. maneuver through life. Am I making yeah. sense at all? With uh, that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're saying like when I was their age, do yeah. I wish? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I had no idea what a FAFSA was and I'm there to explain like, here's what a FAFSA is. Yeah. This is why you need to do it. Like applying for college, I have to pay for an application. Right. Like, I had no idea like what college was all about. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I had that support, I feel like, you know, I would have been a lot more successful, mm-hmm. but my job specifically isn't the fun part that the clients like. So it's like, oh, I got to go meet with DeAndre. And like, oh, <laughs> got man, adults now. <laughs> I got an adult. And, and I'm not like, you know, like, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. It's like, no, we got to get it done like today. Like, yeah. You know, obviously giving them choice and not being like, we're doing it now. But like, just like reminding them, checking in, I'm not going to just forget. Like, I, I do care about my clients. So it's like, you said you were going to do this. So what like what, what's going on exactly okay you didn't do it today when i come back sunday like let's try to have it done by then mm-hmm. okay it's still not done like hey guess what that's okay yeah but we still gotta get it done so yeah. how are we gonna do that what steps are you gonna take this week it's sunday what are we gonna do mm-hmm. then usually they're pretty good like yeah I'll, okay i'll have it done by wednesday i promise and these are the steps i'm gonna take yeah. okay cool they don't meet it they don't meet it but as long as they're thinking about that process is what i'm aiming for exactly. so if they think about it like we're in good shape i feel so. like too you're even planting that seed of like letting them see the benefit of having structure right like, yeah because they don't know yeah and sometimes even us as adults and older than us like we still don't know yeah, yeah. so starting now and getting the hang of like all right this is what i need to do the structure this is what's yeah. happening yeah, and yeah. just you know 
taking it day by day. Right, right. All the while you're doing this and you're getting the hang and, you know, you're and with your job and everything and making moves, getting yeah. better relationships with them. You're still in your first year of marriage. Yeah. You just celebrated <laughs> one year being married yeah, to Joe. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations again. Thank I told you. you right before. Thank you. What I mean, married life, new first year married life in addition to this new career. Like, what's it like? Yeah. You know, you're kind of you're in two different new experiences. Yeah, um, it was definitely tough. I feel like I'm finally starting to get uh, like hang of things mm -hmm. um, just because of like my hours. I work 12 to 10 uh, Sunday through Wednesday. So like, okay. you know, when I get home, it's like 10 o'clock. I got a shower and then, you know, maybe get 30 minutes to hang out with, with my wife and then you know, it's time to go to bed. And exactly. then when she was going to school, um, she would be gone at eight. So it's like, yeah. I see her for 30 minutes, Sunday through Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Thursday, I'm coaching. So she's at school till three, and then I'm off to coaching. So really, like Friday was like our date night type of thing. Yeah. And then Saturday, I'm coaching. Um, so then like my work week starts right back up on that Saturday. So yeah, um, going it's, it's from, not the easiest thing yeah, to, it's not to get easy. adjusted to and yeah, get yeah, used to that. It wasn't easy, but yeah, now we're kind of like in a good place and, you know, we figured things out. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And what's it, I mean, you know, marriage itself, especially the example of what you saw growing up with yeah. mom and dad and everything like that. You know, one of the things is for myself and many people I know in my yeah. life, you know, we really, at least I was told this by my mom too, is to be better, you know, with, what she went down and my yeah. grandma and grandpa tell me the same thing yeah. and stuff like that. You know, obviously I'm sure that's conscious in the back of your mind, like yeah. not to do what you saw growing up. Right. I mean, was that, were you thinking about that when it was getting close to getting married? Like, we're not going to, I'm not going to fall into these habits that I saw growing up yeah. and everything like there's that. There's a, there's a definition of that. Right. I, I was trying to think of it before this, but I couldn't like, ever. Like generational like type fear, stuff? Like fear of being like a father figure or like, isn't there a mm, definition? I'm sure there is. Yeah, Because that, that does sound something. Yeah, I just can't think of it. The fear but of yeah. being like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like so like my biggest fear, like, and no offense to my dad, but like my biggest fear was like, you know, being like my dad. So sure. like the relationship that he had with my mom, like that was my biggest fear. So I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to not be like that. Like I'm going to raise a family. I'm going to, you know, kind of like model myself af after my grandparents' marriage. Sure. So that was kind of like what I would do, you know, just kind of just going about it that way. Exactly. So, yeah. I feel like that's such, that's so important to talk about because, you know, from how you grew up, I grew up, you know, so many people mm -hmm. and how they grew up, you, we sometimes can get that that trauma passed down to us right. and that, that generational, those generational bad habits yeah. that if we don't nip it in the butt and really become aware of it right we're bringing all those stuff right back into our relationships yeah. our marriage our jobs right our friendships and just to have this conversation alone you know i feel like you might have same people in your life that are kind of struggling because those habits that they saw as kids yeah. now we're in our 20s and we're starting to really somewhat try to understand yeah. life yeah. as much as it is a process is it something you know you're kind of giving yourself a little bit of credit because maybe you do have moments where you kind of shift into bad habits, whether yeah. as a husband, for right. example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, you know, everyone has their, their, uh, their things, you know, but as long as you, like you said, like you nip it in the butt and you get back on track, like, I feel like it, it's fine. Everybody's going to have their slip ups. That's part of life. Um, but it's how you react, how you get back up. Exactly. Type of deal, so, exactly. Yeah. I'm big on that one. Yeah. Where is it now with, um, what do you, like, 
you've you hit so many goals and you've obviously right. done a lot maybe more stuff that you didn't think you'd ever get to accomplish yeah. and everything like that where's your mindset at now like what are you what are you thinking about with yeah. in the future mm-hmm. and stuff like that wherever you want to go with that yeah so it's like i'm kind of at a place where it's like okay like i've done what i've wanted to do so it's like how do i go from here kind of thing so yeah. it's like what goals can i create now while i'm working and life's going by so quick sure, it's like, exactly man the fall semester already started it's like well i guess i gotta wait till spring so yeah. it's like so like really, you know, sitting down and kind of thinking. Because um, you do eventually want to go back to school. Yeah, we I'm, had this conversation right, yeah, earlier. Thinking like this fall, kind of start that up, back up again. Um, but yeah, so like that would be a goal. You know, obviously having children that would yeah. be, be a goal. You know, getting a house, getting closer to God. Um, How many kids do you want? In a perfect world, like five, six. Do you really? Yes, I want a big family. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. See, yeah. I, I'm an only child, and. Yeah. Destiny gives me show the time. Like yeah. I, I would love a golden child, like one right. golden oh. child, but that's not the case. But yeah. at least like maybe a boy and a girl. But five yeah. or six, five or six. You want to party every yes. day? That'd be fun. <laughs> Why yeah. is that? Like I sometimes I'm curious why people would uh, love so many kids. It's a blessing to have one yeah. kid by itself. Just yeah. have a kid, but five or six. Yeah, I mean, just growing up, like my friends, you know, Hispanics, you typically have huge, bigger families. Oh, party, yeah. you know, so. Just like being around that was like fun. Like cousins come over and like just seeing like their relationship. I Always think, coming over. You know, coming over and like they're actually close, like brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So it's like I wasn't really close with my cousins and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So and I only had a sister. So yeah, um, yeah. I just thought that would be cool, just to have like a big family and just you know pass on the torch in a sense. Is Joe is Joe on the same page? As oh, she said maybe two, three at most, <laughs> but we're going to work on that. Yeah, we're going to sweat her yeah. a little bit different. Huh? They're going to be like big baller and have like three boys and a big old empire yeah, of kids and everything. Like, <laughs> it's off <laughs> yeah. No, but that, that's awesome to even think about, especially because, you know, I think just like the, the, I think it comes with legacy and as having family and being yeah. able to pass on just like, you know everything we've we've experienced right. we've learned yeah i feel like that's such an exciting part for when we're when we are eventually parents to yeah. watch them grow watch them develop the good times and the bad times right. but really like you know our kids won't have to experience some emotional issues we yeah. might have went through you went through and mm-hmm. how you were brought up and everything like that mm-hmm. like of course there might be times where you and joe might get into an argument with yeah. the kids around stuff right. like that but it's also even recognizing like hey i'm sorry for that or just yeah. you know building those those early habits right. as, as i know like you and joe would be amazing parents yeah. Yeah. you feel like you'd be a good dad uh i think so yeah, yeah. I, I think i'm ready honestly. what would be your dad's strengths what do you think like hmm. I think consistency, mm. um, like always being there. Like I'll do everything in my my power to be there for them. You know, um, you know, just the way that I approach certain situations. Like if they're messing up in school or whatever, they get in trouble. Instead of coming at them like an angry parent, more so of like, this is why it's bad, and this is why you can't do it. Instead of like, oh, I'm gonna whoop you or whatever. Yeah. Um, kind of just explaining it that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, just kind of, I definitely see that empathetic yeah. part of you showing. Because you think about it too, like eventually when you are a dad, it'll be your first time being a dad. Right. You gotta give your so be, Yeah, I have no idea. Be a little right. easy on totally yourself. Different. Yeah, yeah. But it's exciting. Man. And yeah. then, so what do you want to get, kind of going back a little bit, what do you want to get your master's in eventually? Do you have you thought about yeah. what specifically? I'm thinking, I'm like on the fence of MFT 
or like, yeah. I know, yeah, <laughs> or uh, like social work kind of thing. So it's yeah. like either or. I I think I like working with. Well, I know I like working with the this population, the foster youth population. Yes. So you know, if I could be a therapist for this population, I think that would be awesome. Um, or a like high school counselor slash basketball coach. Yes, I feel like that would be you know. I can see you calling that. <laughs> yeah, like that would be kind of that's probably like the the end end goal. But therapy is kind of like you know creeping creeping up. Right. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a powerful feel, man. It's yeah. really a rewarding thing because it this was for me it was a population like I always told myself no right. like mm-hmm. work with kids hell no right. no I, yeah. <laughs> I yeah I I get annoyed if a kid in like Target and start oh, crying yeah. like that's my piece <laughs> right Hi, Joe Joe's walking by it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to be all quiet, but it's all right. <laughs> and the thing is, though, with kids and how uh, you talk so much about kids and everything, for those that don't know, there's not a lot of representation for kids. There's right. not a lot, especially even having that that conversation with them just about development and yeah. mental health and everything like right. that. And I feel like, especially where your mindset is and how you love working with them. Yeah that's an impactful position to just be a voice for the kids and help them understand like you're not alone. You're not, you're not the first person to go through this maybe. But if you are like, you can still get back up and be a warrior. Am I making sense with that a little bit with what you kind of tell your kids? Yeah. 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 Every day. Yeah. And sometimes like they might not do some kids really try to push it and not take it Um, in. Yeah. So like a lot, like some of the kids would like at first, just the way that I kind of carry myself, it's, I, I pick up on them as like thinking like I'm trying to hurt them or like, Oh, you just want to get me in trouble or like what have you. Exactly. Uh, which I'm not, I'm trying to hold them accountable and just try to like relay, like basically what they're going through right now is preparing them for life. Exactly. So, you know, think of me like in a sense of as like a manager or like a supervisor, yep. boss, whatever you're going to have a boss that's way, that, that could be way worse than me, you mm-hmm. know, and you have to do this. And it's like, if you respond the way that you respond to me to a boss, like you're going to get fired. Yep. Then what do you do? Well, I'll get a job. Like it's, it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. So like trying to like, um, help them understand that, like you kind of have to carry yourself a certain way in a sense mm-hmm. to, to be successful, to keep a job and, you know, just work through conflict mm-hmm. kind of deal. And it's not easy. It's really not, not easy, easy especially when we're, you know, even if if we haven't grown up in the foster system, sometimes like we can really overreact and really take it way out of hand when right. we have a disrespectful boss, you know. Mm-hmm. I've had bad bosses. I've had really good bosses. Yeah. But it's also sometimes even adapting to the situation of, you know, when you have, like you said, someone worse than me, right. how are you going to react? Because sometimes there's, really not the easiest people to work with and i feel really down the road they're gonna they're gonna appreciate that like wow deandre was right like i hate this person i'm working with right now right. or whether it's a someone a, their colleague or their boss yeah just being able to recognize like yeah there's there's not easy people to work with yeah. so just kind of like putting that on their radar right. for future stuff yeah and like you said it may not be now but, you know, 10 years from now, like, wow, I remember he said this would happen and mm-hmm. it happened. And if that happens, great. I did my job. But, you know, if it doesn't, hopefully exactly. one day it would. Um, 
But yeah, even going back like to earlier in the podcast, like how I said, my clients reaching back, like, yeah. hey, you know, can you help me with this? That's just a sign, like, hey, they get it, kind of thing. Exactly. I need help. They trust me. Um, so yeah, and I'm sure even those that haven't reached out yet or just yeah. won't ever reach out, right. you play it in impacts. Yeah, anyone, anyone working with kids and just helping them develop and adjust to life, mm-hmm. you're doing a hell of a job just mm-hmm. by like helping them pause and process whether it's emotional stuff situational stuff do a resume she's do a resume itself is hard you don't have that's hard enough just to get ready for adulting yeah that's true but you know one thing uh, you've dropped so many so many golden nuggets what i like to say golden (laughs) nuggets and just like just impactful information and stuff like that you know we're kind of in that area of the episode where we talk about maybe some values you live mm-hmm. by, some things you like to to go through life. You know, some examples, people I've heard, you know, I try to make someone laugh every day or mm-hmm. I try to go into work or school with a good attitude. Just something they carry with themselves, they're, they're mindful of yeah. each day they go out into life. Right. You know, for you, whether it's something you've had since you were little, something you, you know, recently kind of developed now what's some things however many two three four whatever yeah. however many you kind of something you take in with you every day what might be those those values yeah. or stuff like that uh so I, I probably carry myself with like four like strong values okay. um consistency is like a huge one so it's mm. like i'm waking up every day going to work like if i'm scheduled for work i'm at work yeah. I'm, you know i'm, I'm there you yeah. know if somebody calls, Hey, I need help with this. Like I'm there. So I'm, I'm consistent. Like I don't you know, I uh, show up to work. I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to take it easy. Like, sure. you know, if I'm at work, I'm going to give it 110% no matter what, yeah. you know, if I'm sick under the weather, whatever, I'm giving 110%. Um, Which isn't easy to do. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's hard. It, it definitely takes um, self care and, you know, just working through different things like on my own. So yeah. just, you know, really being mindful of where I'm at, what I'm doing type of deal before you actually go on. Cause you're yeah. talking consistency and you mentioned real quick self care Yeah. for you. What is your self care that kind of keeps you grounded and keeps you like, yeah. I need to do this or I'm going to, I might lose my mind right. if um, I don't take care of myself. What's some stuff for you that you do? Yeah. Uh, self care, definitely like music. I feel like music, yeah. you know, works wonders, um, working out, getting active, um, you know, video games, yeah. uh, watching sports. I love watching sports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Netflix. So, so just anything to take my mind off of the daily tasks, exactly. I consider self-care. So, you know, I have tons of them, drawing, you know, yeah. painting. So it just depends on the day, really. Just taking a minute to just like yeah. do something. Be aware of where you're at. Exactly. Kind of That's yeah. important. I'm glad you touched yeah. on that. So consistency and then I think uh, you're going to move on yeah, to Yeah, yeah. So uh, respect. So that's another mm. thing. So I don't care if you're disrespectful to me or whatever like respect is huge you know if i see a 90 year old woman like i'm gonna be as respectful to her as i am to a six-year-old like so the respect goes across the the board like i'm not changing up in any way like respect is there you know 100 percent. i feel like i've seen that too like whether it's the gender like the president of school like i'm gonna talk to you the same way same way i'm not switching up like it's the same like i'm gonna talk to you just like i talk to you know, my supervisor. So I'm going to yeah. try to keep it as real as possible without, you know, disclosing information of course. If, if I needed to, but you know, the same across the board. Yeah. So, yeah. Respect. Right on. Respect. Um, and then the third one is like 
staying task oriented. So, yeah. you know, if, if I have certain tasks set up for the day or lined up for the month or for the years or whatever, I try to accomplish those goals. So if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I don't do it next day, we're waking up. We got to get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you frustrated if you don't hit tasks and goals like that? Is it kind of piss you off? Like, oh, I really absolutely. want to get that done. Yeah, so it's almost like <laughs> an OCD type of thing. Like, if I don't get it done, like I'm freaking out. Like, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't, you know, uh, what am I going to do? So it's a, <laughs> yeah. So like working through that probably could you know talk to somebody, but you yeah. know, um, trying to hit those tasks like no matter what kind of thing. So exactly. Yeah. And then the final one, uh, just being calm. That's like kind of like who I am. And First thing I saw in you. Yeah, so I try to I try to be a calm person that people can like look up to and like mm-hmm. okay, like he's calm. Like why isn't he reacting? Like am I overreacting? Like how can I be calm like him? Like let yeah. me just breathe. So like in the work work setting, you know, going we're having a crisis or whatever. You know, some people could react like oh my god, this is happening. So I try to like. Hey, uh, prep you. So like, Hey, this is what's happening. Let's just breathe. Like we're going to get through this, but this is happening. And like, we need to attend to this. And then it's like, they have an option to like freak out or, you know, okay. He, he presented, presented it to me calm. So let me go ahead and just be calm too. So sometimes it's hard to be, I I, I attest to that calm part. It's hard to be the calm man in the room. Cause sometimes, you know, you might be freaking out in your brain, Mm -hmm. which you very well might do. You know, I'm sure you experienced some anxiety and some like, Oh my God, I'm kind of nervous in this situation. I'm scared, but Mm -hmm. where did, and cause calm is such a big part of how I know you and our relationship has calm been consistent? I mean, since you were young, or is calm kind of something you adapted more as you became became an adult or something? Like um, that? I would probably say like since I was a kid, it's been like that, pretty consistent. So when you look at like fight, flight, or freeze, exactly, um, I'm definitely freeze. So like mm-hmm. when there's conflict, I'm freezing, right? Yeah. Um. So then I kind of like implemented that into how can I freeze but still be productive? So mm-hmm. like by freezing, it's like okay, I'm not reacting. Uh, out of frustration or slamming things on the table it's like okay let me like talk through this calmly so then you know there isn't an escalated conflict Mm -hmm. uh in high school kind of turned into the fight um and that you know for four years fight and freeze a little bit and then you know college you know i kind of tied both of those together so i kind of like to look at the fight as being like okay how can i fight through this conflict while staying in a free state. So staying calm and just, you know, handling the situation. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, being calm, you know, implementing that fight and flight or fight and freeze and, you know, staying calm. Yeah. You see it too. Like, cause sometimes I viewed it where it's almost like it can be a domino effect where you remain calm in situations and, you know, you set that first initial example of like, you know, we don't need to freak out. We're right. calm. We're okay. Yeah. This is what we need to do. You know, you have leadership, obviously leadership mm-hmm. roles and you recognize yeah. that skills that you have, but that calm part, especially, especially being a male too. I feel yeah. like sometimes like we can freak out real quick and right. just like, you know, not know how to handle a stressful situation, especially yeah. working with kids. Exactly. A lot of, I at times a lot of men freak out because they don't know what to do right do you see that they're really being an impact of not even talking therapy or you know tbri working with kids in foster but do you see it really being an impact where if male um grown men or wherever they are in their age if they can stay calm with a kid with their spouse you know whoever it's really something valuable that any man could benefit from just the power of 
being present and not getting crazy and overreacting to a situation? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a domino effect. So if you're staying calm and you're not overreacting, uh, your wife's going to be a lot happier. Your mm-hmm. girlfriend's going to be a lot happier. Um, you kind of just take things for face value and kind of just, you know, go about it in a calm demeanor. Uh, you'll be, you'll see like better, healthier results. So you guys aren't staying up till two in the morning, you know, sending text messages back and forth or blowing each other's phones up. So you're staying calm, you know, obviously you're going to have your blowouts here and there, but it's how you, uh, tie everything back together. Like, Hey, you know, be the bigger person, you know, I messed up. Don't be afraid to say I'm a, yeah. I messed up, you know, and kind of just move on, mm-hmm. you know. Even apologizing. Apologizing. Like, I'm sorry. Thing. Yeah. Because yeah. actually, and I'm going to add a little bit more, you know, you did your values, which honestly I think are super important. And, yeah. you know, people are going to learn just the value in that. For marriage, a little bit, you know, you just celebrated your first year of being yeah. married. You know, we, I'm sure we look up to people that have been married for 20, 30, <laughs> right, something yeah. crazy amount of years. Yeah, but scratch the surface. <laughs> right. In this first year, though kind of applying that same values type question that you just did right now, mm-hmm. what might be some three, three or four things you kind of, I'm sure you can apply the ones that you listed already to marriage, but are there any different ones as far as, you know, that first year of marriage that you really learned and apply to now as you continue to go through marriage? Yeah. Um, I definitely would say like valuing uh, God and yes. like bringing that relationship uh, into our marriage, some type of higher power, yeah, God, higher or whatever power. it is that you can be on agreement with. Exactly, yeah, yeah. because it's just gonna, you know, grow your your marriage. It's gonna just help help you be a happier person. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, another value, you know, communication's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, your spouse can't read your mind, so mm-hmm. it's like. If you have food in the fridge or whatever and they eat it, it's like you didn't say anything. Right. Well, of course, you know, no one said anything. Put your so, name on it, bro. Right. At least do that. So, so yeah, communication, um, you know, and even to this day, that's that's a struggle, but yeah. that's that's life. Even so, in conflicts. That's right, definitely even in conflicts, you know, com- communication and how you communicate is, is huge. Um, and I would probably say those are like the two like Top big two. ones, yeah. You see those like every day. Every like, day, yeah. You kind of got it keep on track and be aware absolutely i think that's the beauty too like you know you being so young you and joe being so young and your marriage being so young is you're going to continue to learn something new about each other every day right you're going to get stronger especially through the hard times you're going to come sometimes those even bring you closer together yeah and you see different parts like have you have you you learn more about joe every day like is every day you see something like wow you're maybe stronger in this situation. I didn't know you would be or yeah, like, cooler, calmer. Yeah. So, I mean, like, just like, like thinking of it from like a school perspective. So she's going, her, she's doing her DBT program. So like, she's up at 6am, like getting ready for school. And yeah. then from 6am till seven o'clock at night, she's at school studying. It's like, I never would have thought that you, I mean, obviously I knew because she's a determined woman, but yeah. um just like having a positive attitude throughout the entire time and, you know, like handling that amount of stress and, and still having a smile on her face, still teaching Sunday school. It's like, wow. So yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely learning a lot uh, in that regard and just like doing like the everyday stuff. Mm -hmm. So I like to even too, and I'll kind of, you know, where we're kind of nearing wrapping up right now is that it is possible. I think you are setting the good example of that, even sharing your story with Joe of, 
you know, you both can be about your career hustle. You know, you can work hard together. Um, it's not easy at times, sure, yeah. and it's a sacrifice, yeah. but it is possible. Right. You know, like you said, you didn't have a job lined up getting yeah. ready for marriage, <laughs> but, you know, we're going to get married. We're going to get through this and continue to grow. And I think you would agree with me on this is growth every day and just being open to that is yeah. so important. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're forever growing. Right. Yeah. Always growing. Mm-hmm. So. Individually, marriage, all that. Yeah. My brother, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Did you have a good time? Was that, it okay? This was that, that was super fun. So thank <laughs> you. Yeah, that was fun. I try. I try to keep yeah. it light. Um, you're you're amazing. Yeah, um, thank you. Shout out to everyone we mentioned. Those that we didn't even mention. Liam, Joe, yeah. our family, your mom yeah. and dad, your mom, grandma and dad, grandpa, grandma, grandpa, your sister, sister, Coach Boss, Coach Check. Everyone, everybody, everyone at Hope, yes. you know, where we, our friendship started, all that, all our amazing professors. Yes. Um, we've, we're blessed with a lot of good people Absolutely. in our lives. Guys, if you want to uh, listen to the All Ears podcast on any other platforms, it is available on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Please feel free to share this episode. Leave a comment. Let me know what you thought about Dre's story because it's amazing. Why wouldn't you learn something? I know you did. So just tell me what you learned. Or if not, apply something because, you know, I think Dre dropped a lot of golden nuggets. And you really did. Thank you. You really did, bro. You did an amazing (laughs) job. Thank you so much. And talk to you guys soon. Bye. See ya.